0: just enjoy the music. I hope that you got into worship with us and whenever words were given, you said yes to those words. And listen, just because you're not here doesn't mean you cannot participate. If you're saying, I wanna give, I wanna get onto that, I wanna get into that, there is a donate button on the, um, on the uh, page there that you can also donate it and donate however you want to. And, um, you know, I, as I was driving in this morning, actually, I was praying for you, the online church. And this is what God told me to tell you. There is no distance in the Spirit. There is no distance in the Spirit. And I don't know why you're not here. Maybe it's because of distance. Maybe it's because you live in another state, another country even. Um, maybe another city that's too far to get here. Maybe you, Maybe this is your home church, but you're not feeling well But I want you to know that there is no distance in the Spirit. And so what's happening here can happen right where you are. And so whenever whenever we're here in 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 the service today and we're saying yes and amen to the things of God, you, wherever you are, you say yes and amen. Amen? And also we want to say hello to Pastor Richard. I don't know if he's in. He's probably still in service, but we want to say hello to him and the team. They are down in Bogota. Columbia they've been there some of you have been following them this week on Facebook and uh, they've been there all week they've been doing awesome it's been an awesome uh, adventure for um, those uh, Rama grads that went with them because I think all of them except for Becky graduated from Rama. so this has been a great experience for them to go down and they got to, they were talking yesterday that they got to speak at Rama school Rama Bible College Rama of Columbia so they were excited about, about that. They got pastor, let them share a little bit there. So, um, so anyway, it's good. We've got awesome things that are happening and, at Amazing Grace Church. A few weeks ago, um, for four weeks, I taught on the motivational gifts out of Romans chapter 12. If you weren't able to be here to hear those, to, to uh, participate in that, you can go back to Facebook and you can go down through Amazing Grace Church Facebook page and listen to those. Chuck now has started. He just started this last Thursday night teaching on um, Revelation, and so he's going to be doing that for the next. Well, he just did one, so he'll do that for the next three weeks teaching on Revelation. If you want to know about end times, if you read the book of Revelation, you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no idea what this is all about. Come and Chuck will confuse you even more. No, no, he won't. <laughs> he won't. That won't happen. Um, but. Come and he will help you understand and you'll get hopefully some of your questions answered. I don't know if all of our questions can be answered because I think some things God leaves for himself to know. Like we don't know the date and the time that Jesus is coming. I I don't care who you are. You can tell me, well, it's this date and this time. Good luck with that because God said no man knows the time. But there are some things that Chuck will be able to help you understand out of the book of Revelation. So that's going on. Pastor will be back next week, of course. And uh, so are y'all happy about that? Yeah, yeah, you want him to stay another week? He could probably stay another week. I think his hogs are missing him a little bit, though. Um, the chickens are doing okay, but the hogs are. Um, I, at, I approached um, Omar last week. The song that we sing, the, the song, one song that we sing about, I'm, I'm surround, when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by your love. A few weeks ago, when we first started singing that, I had a word vision of being surrounded, but yet being surrounded by God, and um, and I and I drew it. I you know I'm not an artist, so my stick figure. I drew it and I drew out what I saw, and, and so that's just really been on my heart. And every time that we sing it, I add more to it. And uh, so last week I approached Omar, and, and Omar, I, I showed him the picture, and so he said, he goes, well, I'm painting this week. I said, good, because I'm preaching this week, so this will go really good. So don't let this distract you, but what he's doing, and, and this is what I saw in this, it is what you're doing, right, Omar? Yes. Okay, good, because his, my stick figure doesn't look anything like his art, artist thing over here. So, but this is what I saw in the spirit. I saw me in the middle, okay? And you could put yourself in the middle. And I saw, this is what I saw. So we sing that song. We says, when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by your love. So this is what I saw. At the top of me was God, the Father. To the right of me was Jesus, the Son. To the left of me was the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit was under my feet, actually, but he's not under my feet. You understand, he was at the bottom And to the left of me were angels. And then, out here, surrounded, were all of the things that I'm surrounded by. And and these are going to be different for everybody. But fear. Surrounded by fear. How many of you ever get afraid? How how many of you that, you know, all of a sudden you're like, you hear something and all of a sudden fear grips you? Okay, That's, that's, it's called fear. Unbelief. How many of you, sometimes you hear the word, but you're like, hmm, I don't, I don't know if that's, is that really true, God? I mean, I've had unbelief that I've had to work through. Shame. Shame. Shame, you know, shame is things that you've done in your past, and you're ashamed of them. So shame wants to attach itself to you. Um, lack. You know, not having enough. Um, let me see. Negative thoughts. Um, guilt. You know, there's a difference between shame and guilt. Shame sometimes is things that uh, that happen to us, but guilt is things that we did. So sometimes I feel guilty even though I've been forgiven, and I know I've been forgiven, but yet that guilt wants to hang on. Um, loneliness. Oh, my gosh, I can be in a room full of people and feel very, very lonely all of a sudden. Um let me see what is oh unbelief i said unbelief fear discouragement sickness so you know you can you can just you maybe, maybe i didn't name anything that that you deal with but you could just throw out anything out there so this is what it, but the thing is it was all on the outside of god the father jesus the son the holy spirit angels and then what i did the blood of jesus i connected the blood of jesus to all of those the word i connected in there And then I connected arrows all around. And then last week when we were singing it, this is what I saw in the Spirit. Arrows shooting out from God the Father to that fear. Arrows shooting out to to lack from the Word. Arrows shooting out from the blood. Arrows shooting out from the angels. Attacking those things that want to surround us. But the thing is, they have no power over us. Amen? So that's what Omar's doing over here today and it isn't going to look anything like mine, thank God. And then you say, so what's he going to do with it afterwards? We auction these, silent auction these off on Facebook and the monies go to missions. And so if you if you like what you see, feel free. Omar will paste, He'll post it later on and, and you can start. Um, I I'm not sure. How do they... They commu- you communicate yes. with Omar, and, the auction will be done next Sunday. and so the auction will be. To- we only take a week, yeah. so you only have a week to get your get your bid in. Amen. Say, well, that's not very spiritual. That's your opinion, <laughs> and you can stick to it. Amen. To- All right. Yeah. So um, today I want to take. Pastor's been um, ministering on out of Ephesians for the last few weeks i think he's in verse four and uh he's really taking his time which is good you know sometimes it's good to have a teaching that's line upon line and precept upon precept and because sometimes i think whenever we read through the bible we read through it and we just we just go through it quickly we don't even think about what we're reading we're just up oh, check i just read the word you know but but when it's nice whenever we sit in either a in either a, um, a Bible study, a home group, a life group, or we sit in church where the word is taught versus um, preached at us, that it's taught like pastor's been doing. And nothing wrong with, with preaching, but um, sometimes it's good just to have it line up line. And so that's what he's been doing. He's been going verse by verse, sometimes word by word, but it's been good. And, and the big thing that he's been focusing on is the in him. And if you read there in Ephesians, you don't have to turn there now. You can read it later in the day. Um, But whenever you read there in Ephesians, especially in the first chapter, there's a lot of in him, of him, through him, by him, talking about in Christ. That in Christ we are, in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. Meaning that whenever we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, our spirit man becomes what we call, and we use this term, born again. Why do we say that it's born again? Because at one point before Adam and Eve, Eve sinned, their spirit was alive unto God. They were one with God. They were connected with God. If you read there in Genesis, it says, and they walked in the garden. Garden. It says that they walked in the stillness of the garden and that God w- walked with him. He would come down and he would fellowship with him. He would talk with them. They were one with God. And then sin enter- entered in and it separated. Sin separates us from God. You know, I know that whenever I sin, listen, people might go sit and go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I just sinned or not. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You, you know whenever you've just been disobedient. It's like a little kid. Okay, it's like my Esther, my, my Maltese dog, who's eight years old, gonna be eight, who still has accidents on the floor. And I can, I can, you know, take her out every half hour. And yesterday I decided, you know, I'm going upstairs to pray for a little bit, and I must have got a little bit excited while I was upstairs praying, because I came down and she had piddled in the bathroom. And I was like, Esther, what are you doing? What did you do? Did you just pee on my floor? She went straight to her cage. Listen, if a dog knows (laughs) that it just sinned, you as a human being who has the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, you know whenever you have done wrong. We know. We know whenever we've sinned. And, and what sin does is it separates us from God. The good news is, 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 that, is, is that we can come to the throne of God and obtain mercy in the time of need. And we can say, Father God, forgive me. Forgive me for not being obedient. Forgive me for sinning. Forgive me. And, and God says, all forgiven. All is well. You're You're forgiven. Go and sin no more, as he told the woman in adultery. And so, so this morning, I want to just kind of just talk to you a little bit about um, just building up on what pastor's teaching on. I'm not going to Ephesians, but I want to talk to you this morning about being, B-E-I-N-G, being. You know, we, we, we talk about a lot of time about, you know, purpose. We talk about what our purpose is. We talk about you know, what we're supposed to be doing. We talk about, you know, how we're supposed to be doing that. But I want to just throw out to you that until you know who you be, you will always struggle with what you're to do. I'll say that again. Until you know who you be, you will always struggle with the to-do. Because if I don't know who I be, how am I going to know what to do? If I don't know who I be, you say, what do you mean by that? If I don't know who I am, who am I? You know, and for years, you know, I I can rattle off scriptures to you. I am a child of God. I am born of the Spirit of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I can say scriptures like that all day long. I can say that it's in him that we live and move and have our being. I can say those all day long. But if I don't know who I am, then I'm going to struggle all the time with my do. If I struggle with my do, then I'm missing out on what I'm supposed to be doing. Because, you know, like I said, I just came through this whole teaching of motivational gifts. And, you know, and, and whenever we identify what our motivational gift is, and everybody has a gift. God didn't leave anybody out. Everybody has a gift. Some of us have to, And I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about that there's something that you just love to do. Serving. Um, you're mercy motivated. You like to encourage people. You like to teach, you like to dig into the word. There's all there's seven of them. I encourage you to go back to Romans chapter 12. We don't have time to teach on that today. But whenever you identify what your gifting is, it helps you then to understand why and who you are. Sometimes we refer to our being as our why. Why am I being? So, unless we know and understand. And understand the reason for our being. We will always be searching in the wrong places. You know, until you come to know your being, you will always be searching, struggling, and 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 looking in other places. Um, and you'll and you'll be distracted, and you'll get off course. You know, we have this saying that we say you need to stay in your lane. Have you ever been down the hot going down the highway, and you get behind somebody, and they're straddling the lane? You know, I, I I yell out. I say, pick a lane. Just pick a lane, lady. Just pick a... Because usually it's women. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <clears throat> I will pick on us for a little while. But, you know, just pick a lane. You know, but sometimes we don't know what lane we're supposed to be in. You know, there's nothing worse than being in, in a city that you don't know. And, 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 and uh, the GPS lady comes on and says get in the middle lane and there's five lanes which one's the middle lane which one am I supposed to be in you know and so but whenever we know our being whenever we come to know who we really are it helps us then to stay in our lane okay <clears throat> knowing who we are and why <clears throat> why we be causes us to stay in our lane and it will cause us to fulfill the call of God on our life you know Whenever we were uh, singing one of the songs here, you know, you know, the you know, sometimes I think we get so caught up into the worship and so caught up into the dynamics of what's going on that we forget why it is that God is healing us, why it is that God is restoring us, why it is that you know why why did God give carry that word for us today? You know, sometimes we look at it and we think that it's because. You know, it's for us. But it is for us, but it's not for us. It's for the kingdom. Because, you see, whenever I know my being and I know my why, then I'm going to be able to reach out even more effectively to the world and expand the kingdom of God. When I know what my purpose is and I understand who I am and I understand my why, then that helps me then to be able to function in my lane and people then are attracted to that lane and those that god calls calls us to or calls to us and then we're able to share the gospel of jesus christ even more i don't know about you but i've been out of my lane many times i I, you know i i you know you've heard the term the grass is greener on the other side i lived by that that slogan for many years the you know oh I'm right here but you know what the grass is greener over there I'm going to go over there oh and then I get over there and I'm going yeah but the grass is greener I'm going to go over here no no wait a minute no I'm going to be over here man that is so tiring that's so frustrating you know you get t- you're just you're spinning your wheels you're just going around and around and around and around and you're accomplishing nothing but whenever we understand our being and we know who we are then we are able to accomplish a lot for the kingdom of God. Pastor has said this before here, here, and you've probably heard it said, you'll never outperform your self-image. You'll never outperform your self-image. And so until you really understand who you are in Christ, remember, we're still in Christ. We're in him, in the gifts that he has put in us in what he has called us to do. Then, once we understand that, our self-image change, and then we're able to do more. As a young girl, I always knew that I was going to marry a pastor's wife. At the age of five, I, that I was going to be a pastor's wife. I, at the age of five, I, I knew that. that. I knew that that was my calling. If, if marrying a pastor is a calling, I don't know, but um, here I am. Here I am. Now... There was a lot of time between 5 and 23. There was a lot of space in there. and there, You know, Brad, there was a, a lot of different lanes I got into along that road. There was a lot of different things I tried out along that way, you know, because I was searching. I was, I, was, I was looking. I was trying to figure out, is, is this the lane I'm supposed to be in? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And a lot of it was disobedience. And I knew that I, and again, Brad, I knew I was in sin. I knew I was being disobedient. But like Kathy came up and had the word, you know, I didn't care. Because I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do it my way. And like, and like they say today, how's that working for you? Well, it didn't work out very well for me. So, you know, I had to change that. I had to, I had to realize that, you know what? This ain't working for me. So, you know what, Father? Um, I'm coming for you and I'm just saying it's in you that I live and I move and I have my being it's in you that I'm going to focus it's in you that I'm going to I surrender everything that I am all that I have to you, and you as some of you know our testimony within two weeks after that I met pastor and then six weeks after that we were married we just celebrated our 37th wedding anniversary and then seven days after that we left for the mission field it was a whirlwind of a time. But you know what? We got into our lane. But, you know, over the years, <clears throat> even with that, okay, I also knew that, that besides that, that God had a call on my life. I knew that there was something I was supposed to be doing. Just like for you, there's something that you're supposed to be doing. All of us, all of us are called. All of us have a calling of God in our lives. We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. None of us are left out. And so as, as, I, as I began to grow in the Lord, I could see, I could have the vision, the vision part of it down. I could see the pictures. I could see things. I could, I could see where we we're going. And I could get my mission down because the mission tells us what we do and how we do it. So I could get my mission down, my do. I mean, I'm all about task. I mean, you give me a task and I'll do it. You know, I'm all about getting the job done. And so I could see it and I could do it. But there was that one element in between, the purpose. Which again, I, I could tell you that in Christ, this is who I am. In Christ, this is what I do. In Christ, this is how I do it but there was still something missing understanding my being understanding my be my understanding my why i struggled with it it is in our purpose that we that our belief system is and that's why for so many years my belief system was a roller coaster ride because i didn't understand i didn't i didn't know what my purpose was it's in our purpose that our core values come into play. Core values are things that you, that is your, that's your belief. That's the core. You know, you talk about the core. That's where the strength comes from. We talk about, uh, Joe, you talk about core exercising. You build up the core. Your core is right in here, right? So you, if you build this up, you're going to be able to lift your legs better. You're going to be able to pull up your arms a little bit better. This is why I can't do pull-ups. It's not because of this. It's because of this. I don't have a strong core. But if I would build this up, I'm going to be able to do a lot more. Right, Joe? Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. I'll get right on that tomorrow. Yeah. But when our core is weak, then we're going to be weak. But when our core is strong, and when we know what our core can do, Then we're going to be strong. And so, whenever I started identifying what my core beliefs were, and really I started to find out that I had some core beliefs that were contrary to the Word of God. I had core beliefs in my system that were not the truth, they were actually lies that the enemy was telling me. Let me just, I'll just, I'll be honest with you and share with you some of my core beliefs. I'm not qualified. You know, I would hear that, especially whenever I'm getting ready to teach or whenever I was getting ready to uh, do, you know, teach in Bible college or, you know, go on a mission field or do something, you know, step out of my box and do something. I would hear that you're not qualified. You're not qualified. Um, I would hear things like, I would hear this one a lot. What makes you think that you can fill in the blank? What makes you think that you can? That was a lie. That was a core belief that I was believing, and it was making me weak. This one was a big one for me. You're stupid. You're stupid. And I I would hear that, especially whenever whenever I would get around, and don't take this the wrong way, because because I would hear this, and I took it the wrong way. When I would get around people who had PhDs, masters, bachelors, and they're talking. I mean, I remember driving in the car with Richard and, and one of our guest speakers who's a theologian, and just just thinking, I am way over my head here. I am drowning. And so that lie of you're stupid would come come into play. Shame. Shame was a big one that I dealt with. And then the last one that I that I dealt with was. You are weak. You are weak. And so what I had to do to change my core belief, to change those beliefs, was I had to combat them with the Word of God, the truth. You know, so, so if I have a core belief of fear, that if I step out and do that, something, something bad's going to happen. You know, if we do this, this always happens. And so, we, you know, bad luck just always follows us around. So that's a core belief that you have and so you have to combat it with the truth you have to come at it with the the truth the truth the word of god and so i had to dig in and find scriptures to combat those lies that the enemy had given to me over my life and had told me and said you're stupid and so anytime i would step out and try to do something, I'd hear this little thing on, you know, in my ear saying, yeah, well, you're just stupid. Or what makes you think that you can't? Or, you know, all the other ones that I, I, and, and I had to, I had to come at those with the Word of God. You say, so now you're all cured and now you're okay. I am a work in progress. I am growing from glory to glory and from faith to faith. I'm not who I used to be, but I know that I haven't arrived. And that won't happen, dear people, until either Jesus comes back or at 120, you're putting me in the ground. That's when when I will have arrived, okay? So, you know, maybe you're here today and you're struggling with identifying your why. You're asking the question, why am I here? Why am I, and fill in the blank. Maybe you're here today and you're, and you're thinking, what, what the heck am I doing? You know, we all have that story. Don't feel like that you're alone. Don't feel like that, that you're the only one that has those questions. You're not. Everybody has had those questions in one form, another, maybe not in the way I'm saying it, but somehow, you know, we call those saboteurs. Somehow you are sabotaging yourself. Somehow you are, you know, and, and you'll know that you're doing it because you'll step out and you'll do something and then all of a sudden you're hitting this brick wall. You hit this brick wall every time. So what do you do? You back up and you stay back here. Remember whenever a ta- pastor talked to us about liminal space? Okay, so I'll just go over it just real briefly. Liminal space is that you're coming up a hill, you're going up a hill, you're going up a hill, and you reach this crest. Think of a roller coaster, okay? Except on a roller coaster, you can't get off. You better not be able to. You're up here. You you get up here. You're going to get ready to crest over. And you have a decision to make at that point. You have a decision to make. Am I going to go over the hill or am I going to just back up and, and find a different way to go around the hill? And so liminal spaces at that point... That we're standing right here and we're going. I don't know. I don't know, and it's it's scary. I, don't let anybody tell you that. Whenever they reach right here, it oh, it's not scary. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear screaming coming down the roller coaster, coming down the hill. You never hear screaming going up the hill. Okay, kids just came back from Michigan Adventure. Not a big park, but okay. I can guarantee you, nobody was screaming going up there. Ah! But they get up over that crest, and they're coming. There's that one point, and they leave you rocking right there. And if you're in the front in the front car, you're like, "Oh dear Jesus, what the heck am? What was I thinking here?" I promise you, Lord, if you get me down off this thing, I'll never ride another roller coaster again. And then all of a sudden, that's when all the screams come out. Why? Because you're afraid. There's there's acceleration. There's excitement. There's you know. But then all of a sudden you hit that bottom and you even out and you go. You take a deep breath, you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. So what do you do? You get off that roller coaster, you go back around, get in line, stand for another 45 minutes, and you do the same thing again. But if in your life you keep coming up to that hill and you keep looking down over the edge and you go, uh, yeah, you know what? I think maybe I need to go get some more education. Um yeah, okay, I think maybe I need to study a little bit more in the word about that one. um, Yeah, not going to do that right now. And so you miss your opportunity. You miss an opportunity to allow the grace of God to come in and to help you go over the hill and to allow him to work in and through you. There's a scripture, Paul in Corinthians talks about it. Paul was saying, listen, I'm struggling. And in Romans, he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the very things that I do. But in Corinthians, he talks about, he says, he says, when I am weak, he's strong. Because why? Because God came to him and said, listen, Paul, my grace is more than enough for you. My grace is more than enough for you. My grace is that ability to do what I've called you to do. So let's get into that grace Let's flow into that grace. Let's leap over the hill and allow his grace to come along and to sustain us and to take us. Is it scary? Absolutely it's scary. But you know what? You're going to do it. When um, Noreen's here today, it's good to see you, Jeff and Noreen. When Noreen and I went to Haiti, it had been years since I had gone on a missions trip without pastor. And and I had chosen Haiti of all places to go to. Now I'll tell you it was it was scary, because I, one I didn't know the people that we were going to go with, at all, and that's very unusual for Pastor and I to do that. But I just knew that God had said do this. Now's the time. I had asked him for four years, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Right after the earthquake, I wanted to go, and God was in all doors closed, and. There was just it was just never the right time. Finally, the time came. And Noreen came up to me. And she says, I, I was just wondering, maybe possibly, if it's okay. See, she's right here. She's right here. If it's okay if if, if I went with with you. <laughs> and we did it. And we climbed mountains. And we we rode up mountains. And we saw edges of valleys, and we saw people set free. We saw people delivered. We saw people filled with the Holy Ghost. We saw healings. We saw mighty things that God did, all because we decided now's the time. See, Ed Dufresne said many years ago, missed opportunities breeds regrets and i think that a lot of times we miss our opportunities because we just we're just not sure of who we are we're just not sure of our being of our being but i want you to know this that you were made for a lot more you were made for a lot more You could be sitting in here today, you might be 89 years old. You're not done. You were made for a lot more. You might be sitting in here, you're 18 years old. You're not out with the youth. You decide to stay in here. You are made for a lot more. God has so much for you. Our job is not to invent our being. I don't have to create my being. God already did that. My job is to discover my being. You don't do your purpose. You don't do your purpose. Purpose is not about doing. You be your purpose. You be your purpose. Listen to this scripture. Hey, I'm going to read a scripture to you, okay? Acts chapter 17, verses 27 and 28. Verse 27, this is out of the Message Bible. We could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He is near. And then this is verse 28 out of the Passion Translation. It says, because it's, in, it's through him that we live and we function and we have our, our, our identity, our being. And Pastor told us a few weeks ago the biggest thing that, that, that we're struggling with today is our identity. That's the biggest thing that we're struggling with today. Little kids are struggling with their identity. Teenagers are struggling with their... Young adults or older people are still... We're still struggling with our identity. But whenever we sit with God in those quiet times and we get into the Word and we say, Father, what is my being? What is my being? And he will he will start revealing to you. And listen, it's not going to be something that is going to be so obscure to you that you're like, "Well, gee, I never thought about that." No, it's going to be something that you're already doing, but you're doing it out of works and not because of your be. And whenever we do it out of our works, it becomes a struggle. It becomes it, it becomes. It becomes work (laughs) for us. But whenever we start doing our B because, because we know who we are, we know our identity in Christ, we know the gifts that He's put into us, we know those temperaments that are in us. Whenever we start doing those, whenever we start saying yes to those, whenever I started saying yes. To the gifts that God put in me. When I started saying yes to the things that God put into me, I began to see this is my bee, this is my lane, this is who I am. And when I began to do that, then my do became not work, but it became pleasurable. It became pleasurable when we come to understand that in Christ we have our purpose, we have our being, we then have the power to overcome every obstacle that wants to hinder us. Because now that I understand my being, now when that shame wants to sit on my shoulder and say, shame, 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 Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. Now I can say truthfully, listen, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you what I was doing before whenever I would say that scripture, before I really understood my being. He, you know, we talk about that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Okay? It, trust me. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. It's in Ephesians, the sword of the Spirit. So, and if he, in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 12, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and it divides. So, I got my sword. I got the Word up. I've got my sword of the Spirit up. So, I'm saying you know that shames that shame you know i didn't i didn't know to call it shame but all of a sudden i'm feeling this this overwhelmingness of yuckiness just this overwhelm of just bah. so i get out myself listen i'm a new creation in christ jesus all things are passed away and all things have become new so i'm just swinging my sword around i'm just you know whoosh, whoosh. I might have hit a few things. But when I understood that that was shame that was coming at me, that was guilt that was coming at me, that was fear that was coming at me, that was, that was um, unbelief that was coming at me, that was that, what makes you think that you can? Hang on. I'll draw out my sword here. The scripture says that I can do all things through Christ in Christ Jesus. Jesus says that greater is he that's in me than anything that's in this world. (whistles) Cut its head off. See, whenever we're just wheeling our sword around, what are we going to hit? But whenever you know who your enemy is, you're able to attack it with great force. You're able to get at it a lot easier. You're able to, I don't care you know, I think about some movies that, you know, I watch them because Pastor watches them. Um, normally I would never ever, okay, like what's this, the Scottish guy, Braveheart, okay? Uh, you know, they're, they're out there, they're, you know, listen, he saw who he was going after. He saw who he was going, he had his sword in hand, and there was all kinds of enemies out here, and there was all kinds of battles taken on out here. But he saw who he was going after, and he determined, yeah, you're mine. Come here. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to kill you. And there was a, listen, it wasn't like he just went. There was a battle. There was some cutting. There was some blood. But I'm here to tell you today that the blood of Jesus is greater than, than any other blood that you might see, you might be thinking, thinking, that's my blood right there. Listen, the blood of Jesus comes, says, listen, that's been covered. That's been washed. The blood of Jesus washes. The blood of Jesus removes. The blood of Jesus removes the stain, Adam, that, that, that your past is trying to hold on to you with. The blood of Jesus says, mm-mm, no more. The blood of Jesus speaks, says no more. That's how, that's how we do warfare. That's how we, that's how we get that the mind of Christ into us. That's how, we, that's how we do the things that God has called us to do. We take his sword, the word of God, and we say, I I, I. Wait a minute, I know you. I'm, that's You're the lie that's been telling me all these years that I can't. You're the lie that's been telling me all these years that I'm weak. You're the lie that's been telling me, but I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to take your head off. I'm here to take your head off. So, With God, we come together. In John 7, 38, Jesus was talking to the people and he says, Listen, he who believes in me, Jesus, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, the scripture has said from his innermost innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What is that saying to us? You know, that's saying to us that out of our being, out of us knowing who we are, rivers are going to flow. Because listen, whenever you know who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ Jesus, there is no. Whenever you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. You know, it's, they used to say, you know it in your knower. There's, you know, and, and Brother Osteen used to say, you could. You could just squish me down until I'm just a grease spot in the rug. I will still cry out and say, I know that I know that I know that I know. I know it am I knower. And how do we get that way? We get to it from the Word of God. We get to it from the study of the Word. We get to it from spending time in fellowship with Him. We get to it from spending time in fellowship with other like-minded believers. But but whenever that happens, out of our belly, out of our being will flow rivers of living water. When we come to know and understand who we are, why we are. Isaiah 58, 11 says this, And the Lord shall guide you continuously and satisfy you in the drought and in dry places and make Strong your bones, and you shall be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Again, going back to the scripture, going back to what Jesus said, out of your being will flow rivers of living water. Now, don't think that it's, oh, you know, it's okay, it's because of who I am that people are changed. No, it's because of who Christ is in you. It's who Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, out of your being in Christ. Our purpose is eternal. Listen, I was made, you were made to love. I was made, you were made to be loved. Listen to this scripture out of 1 John 4-7, and the Passion Translation says, Those who who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you one to another because God is love. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. We need to know that it's about being. It's about being. It's not about doing. Because when you be, you do. When you be, you do. You think, I I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen, whenever you know who you are, you'll do. You'll do because you know who you are. We don't have to coach you. We don't have to talk to you. We don't have to beg you. We don't have to, you know, commission you. You're like, you're just going to do it. You're just going to do it. Why? Because, because you know who you are. This is who I am. This is who I am. So this morning I've asked the worship team to come back up and I want us to sing the song. Is it called Surround? Oh, Reckless Love. Yes, yes, Reckless Love. That's a different one. We didn't sing that one yet. Reckless Love, yeah, okay, Reckless Love. You know, when they were talking about this morning um, saying yes, as they're coming forward, I just want you to listen to what I'm saying here. Saying yes because it changes history. Remember, how many of you, you know, some of us will remember this movie, Back to the Future? How many of you have never seen Back to the Future? Oh, Suzanne, what's wrong with you? Get the movie out. Show her Back to the Future. Truthfully, I hated it. I hated it. I hated the movie because I'm like, okay, I'm confused. Are we back to back to the future? I thought we'd go to the future, not back to the future anyway, but as we were singing that song, the movie the movie is about this kid he ends up in the future and because he makes some changes in the future, it changed his past or. See, it's already confusing. It's changed as now. And, you know, and so, and then, of course, they made, like, I don't know, how many movies? Three? Three movies of the same thing, you know. So this is the movie you chose? Okay. Um, but he'll watch Pirates of the Caribbean with me, so that's fine. Um, so, but, you know, today as we were singing that song, I was thinking... You know, it is it is back to the future. Whenever we say yes to God, we say yes to our being in God, who we are in God, it's going to change everything. It's going, and listen, I'm, I want to say this to you too. It's going to even change your past. Now, it's not going to erase the past. It won't erase, because listen, what you did, you did. What happened, happened can't change it. But this is what you can change. You can change the sting of it. You can change the regret of it. You can change the belief of it and what it did to you. You can change that. Because listen, you know, you've heard this. what What doesn't break you makes you stronger. And listen, in Christ, my past doesn't sting anymore. Why? Because I have I have decided to be in the being that God has called me to be. I have decided that it's in his love and I don't care you know what what lie it is. Listen. I don't care what lie it is that the enemy has been telling you. I don't care what lie it is that, that, that people have been telling you because sometimes it's not, the, it's not the devil that's talking to you. It's people around you that's talking to you. That, that, that statement, what makes you think you can, that didn't come from the devil. That came from somebody that I knew that said to me whenever I was getting ready to make the leap, said to me, what makes you think that you can do that? And I backed off. And I thought, yeah, what makes me think that a little Appalachian girl coming from the mid-Ohio Valley that lived up a holler that was raised in a log cabin. No running water. No inside facility. No father around and a mother that worked because she had to feed her family. What makes me think that that this little person could ever make a change in women's lives, could ever go to the inner city of Saginaw and talk to a homeless shelter and watch people's lives change, could ever go to other countries and talk to leaders, pastors, pastors' wives, could ever teach Bible college here at at Amazing Grace Church, could ever lead a women's ministry. What makes me think that I could... Listen, God thinks. God doesn't think. He knows. Because He knows what's on the inside of you. Because He put that on the inside of you. So I want us all to stand today. We're singing this song about the reckless love of the Father. And, and I don't know if we start with the, can we start with the course of the bridge, where it talks about the lies. You guys know the terms, but the lies in this song it says that there's no lie that he won't tear down. Listen, if there's lies that you're believing today, I want you to come forward right now, and I want you to stand here at the altar and say, "I am done with those lies." I'm done with those lies no more listen there's no wall that he won't tear down maybe you've come up against a wall and you're like every time every time every time I get to that wall and you can name that wall that wall is called the wall of shame that wall is called the wall of guilt. That wall is called the wall of lack. That wall is called the wall, of dis- the wall of discouragement. That wall is called the wall of lies. And I'm telling you today that by the blood of Jesus, by the word of his testimony, by your obedience, that wall is down. So come on forward right now as we sing this. Don't wait, come for it now. There's those of you out there today, you are done. You're saying this is it. I'm drawing a line in the sand, and we're done believing those lies
1: in Jesus' name. Let's sing, you, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're C'est beau, Go ahead. Here you go.
2: I can sympathize with a lot of what Sharon shared this morning because I've had a lot of those feelings myself and as I was up here. In all honesty, this is one of my biggest fears at standing in front of all of you. was this darkness, this giant black curtains that just linger. And you look this way and they're still there. And you look this way and they're still there. And you think, but God, I know you're here. I know you're here with me. So why are they so huge? And he said, just like that roller coaster, that crest be brave enough to pull them back. Pull them back. But you know, I pull them back. I crest. I I take that leap and I do it. And there's another curtain.
1: There's another
2: curtain standing there. That fear just grips me. And he said, you know, you did it once. You can do it again. So, you walk through that next curtain. And on the other side is this beautiful." Freedom, beautiful freedom. So walk through the garden. Pull
1: it back. Walk through and find your freedom. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Oh, that's so
0: good, Mandy. Don't be afraid. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. You know what? And the thing is, you don't do it long because he's right there with you. He is there with you. He's there. He, God, we we say it during Christmas time, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, what does that mean? God with us. God with us. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. Listen, God's doing awesome things. And maybe, maybe he didn't come forward this morning, but right there in your seat, you're like, yeah, God, God spoke to me. You know, we had, we had one little girl. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. That's awesome. Not little girl. She's a woman over here. Yeah, let's rejoice. She was she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're, maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I, who is this God? You know, why don't we all just close our eyes for, our heads and close our eyes. I just want to give this invitation. I look around the room and I pretty much know everybody, but maybe I'm missing somebody. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I have never said yes to God. I have never, I've heard about this God, I've heard about this Jesus, but I've never said Jesus be the Lord of my life. If that's you here this morning and you've never done that, I want you to lift your hand. I'm looking making sure I don't miss anybody, nobody. Because listen, there is no sea in heaven without Jesus. There is no sea in heaven. But even, even with that, life can be so much better here on this earth having Jesus in our lives. So again, before I just go move on to the next thing, looking around the room, if you've never said yes to Jesus, Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next thing. If you're here this morning, you just heard me say that somebody received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You're like, what? What what? They did what? You know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, it says, and they were all gathered in the upper room and they and they were praying. And the Holy Spirit came and filled them, and they began to speak in other tongues. You say, Well, why? Why do you have to do that? Because it's another, it's the Holy Spirit is a person that Jesus promised that would come along the side of us and help us. And he's a person that he said he would come along the side of us and he would speak to us what the Father says and we could speak to him back. And whenever we do that, we use our prayer language. We, you know, obviously we pray in English too. I mean, I pray in English. But there's times when I don't know how to pray. There's times that I don't know how to fight. There's times that I need wisdom, and I'll begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden, the answer's there. The answer's right there. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, I'd like to receive that baptism in the Holy Spirit thing that you're talking about, why don't you come on up front as we sing this song one more time? If you've never received the baptism and you would like to, come on up front. We're going to do this just one more time. Now. Thank you, Jesus. There's no shadow you want to light up. Light up the shadows. Wow. Thank you, good father he's a good good father that's what he wants you to know today he's a good good father he loves you he cares about you he loves you he cares about you he loves you he cares about you Hallelujah. amen 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 all right thank you so much for being here pastor again we'll be back next week and uh, so make sure that you're here for him And uh, I'm sure that the team is going to probably get uh, an opportunity to share a little bit and uh, tell the testimonies that they all received. So God bless you. I declare blessings over you in Jesus' name. Hey, be...